0: Thanks for listening to Schlaer Evans On Demand, presented by Bath Fitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bath Fitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bath Fitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bath Fitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bath Fitter, it just fits.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and
0: horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Who's team are Go. James Marilat, Marilat Monday. His article, brought to you by Mercedes Benz of Loveland, says Russell Wilson has arrived and is facing his Eye of the Tiger moment with the Broncos. The idea being that, hey, Nathaniel Hackett quickly landed on his feet. Whatever happened here didn't hold back Nathaniel Hackett from getting a job. In fact, the idea was, hey, wasn't really Nathaniel Hackett's fault. It was Russell Wilson's fault. Hijero Ivero, Uh, Leaving and getting the job with Carolina, but the understanding being that he really had no interest in staying with the Broncos because he was upset that Nathaniel Hackett, his buddy, got blamed for everything that happened when it was Russell Wilson's fault. Does Russell Wilson... Is he capable of reading the room? I, I think there's this perception of Russ that he's so caught up in his own world that he's not even aware how many people think he was the reason that the Broncos were this bad and that it got Nathaniel Hackett fired. It got Igero Rivero wanting nothing to do with the Broncos as long as Russell Wilson's here. Is he aware of this? Um, Is he aware that Sean Payton was hired with the idea for many people to come in and fix Russell Wilson? Yeah. There's no way you can't be aware of it. And I would say there's, there's actual evidence that he is aware of it. What is it? Where do you think Russell Wilson is right now? Ah, I haven't been following him on Instagram lately. I figured. Well, what I'm telling you is you could not follow him on Instagram normally because, you know, if they eat eggs in the morning, it's getting posted. So what I'm telling you is they're not posting anything right now. Have you seen, I mean, I'm sure that they took a vacation wherever they take it. We could talk to Brock. He knows where they vacation right after the season's over. You know, I mean, I'm sure he's gallivanted off to Milan and then to, you know, somewhere in Mexico and then wherever else they roll out to. You, you haven't seen any of it on social media. And you can't not see it because somebody retweets it. So it eventually falls into your feed because it's all over the place. Like the lack of, like the lack of... Or the lack of awareness, the tone deafness that they travel around life through. Obviously, that, that has been pointed out to them because otherwise we'd see all the different things that he's doing. Look at me. I'm working, you know, I'm playing catch with my son in Milan, working on my footwork, you know, I'm high kneeing it. You haven't seen anything. The, the proof, that's great, but the proof will be mini camp, April. Sure. And he shows up and we're all kind of like, whoa, he looks fit, uh-huh. fitter. He looks slimmer. Looks like he's dropped some weight. There, there needs to be, it's like when Nikola Jokic came back a couple years ago when we were all like, whoa, Right, the baby fat's gone. There's some muscle there. He's, he's, he clearly spent the off season getting in shape. There there has to be that reaction when we see Russ again. He needs, though, he needs arm implants. Arm implants? Yeah, he needs. What? Nicola needs arm implants. Oh, Nicola. Yeah. Yeah. His arm, he looks like one of them uh, ice cream cones, you know? Like that, from his shoulder down, that's how his arms look to me. Yeah, but. There's no muscular definition. But here's the the thing. Like, Like David Robinson had, what do you call him? Uh, popcorn muscles? What was it you that said that you described David Robinson, the admiral? No, that he had those kind of fake, like they were oh. just, just huge muscles. But right, but like Nikola Jokic doesn't have the bulging biceps or anything. Right. But the man just has. He's got old man strength. He do, he's got he like does. he's got like you know he a, does a, a farm strength right farm strength that's what he has he's been bucking eighty pound hay bales slinging them up to the top rack you know? right yeah. <laughs> But he's, he's still, country strong. Yeah, it's not one of those. What are the two cones? So it's not one of the regular traditional cones. You know, it's I'm I'm not talking about this. Let me draw you a picture, Mike. I'm not talking about this kind of cone. You know that you grew up with that that one. Right. I'm talking about I'm talking about this one. Yes, yes. You know like I'm, the on the streets when work's getting done. Yeah, like yeah, like an upside down work cone. Yeah. Like the orange, that's what his arms look like. <laughs> There's no <laughs> Definitely bothers me every time it I look at his him. arm. Yes, it's just like I would like to see you do some arm curls. Just but get a little, just bot- a little different. I don't want him to change a thing right now. Right. He is, he's, he's all, he's fine. Our man D Mac writing that Greg Penner welcomes Sean Payton to Wrexham Bronco style. So D Mac's point is that it seems like Sean Payton. Is more hot for the Broncos than the Broncos were hot for Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton is here. They got Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. They ended up, how about this? They ended up with Sean Payton, but Sean Payton wasn't the guy they wanted. Some people feel that uh, Payton was their third choice behind Jim Harbaugh and D'Amico Ryans. Does that that matter to you? Doesn't matter to me. This is the guy I wanted all along. He's here. Who's the first guy they interviewed? Sean Payton. is oh. the first guy they talk to, yeah. So normally, do you interview the first guy that you talk to is your third choice? Or do you try to get the the guy you want one first? I, I don't think that Harbaugh was their choice. For everything I've heard, they could have got Harbaugh if they wanted him. Okay? Right. Harbaugh is and was ready to jump. So I don't, I don't buy the idea that they, they passed on Harbaugh. They could have had Harbaugh if they wanted him. Right. They passed on Harbaugh. No, wasn't Harbaugh saying no to them. They, they passed on Harbaugh. So then it comes down to D'Amico Ryans and, and Sean Payton. And when the word out of Houston is that D'Amico Ryans chose Houston over the right. Broncos, well, in order to make a choice, it means you had two places to choose from. Right. So that would imply... That the, Broncos. that the Broncos wanted Ryan's. I, I think the one sticking point for Sean was the compensation. You heard Sean talk about the fact that Mickey Loomis and George Payton spent days on the phone trying to hammer this deal out. So the compensation is real. But I think from day one, Sean Payton was their first choice, but the compensation scared them off a little bit. So, you know, Jim Harbaugh became legit. D'Amico Ryans was legit, and I understand why D'Amico Ryans was legit. Like a legit choice, but I don't know. I I hate to look at the best coach with the best resume, certified pre-owned as, you know, some consolation prize. I don't buy that. If the ownership group wasn't in love with Sean Payton throughout all this, and they, they somehow settled for Sean Payton, hey, you know what I chalked that up to? I chalked that up to their, their own inexperience. Because th- this was the guy they should have fell in love with all the uh, throughout the whole yes. thing, and should have been the number one goal all along. And they should have loved this guy, and this is the guy we want, and if it's a case of anybody else, we're having to settle for that other person. So if if, if this was a case where uh, the, the, the Penner group uh, liked Sean Payton but didn't love him, and ended up with him anyway. Hey, who cares? Who cares? Mm-hmm. He's here. And I think they got the best candidate. And we'll hear more from that candidate uh, coming up here at 11 a.m. when we bring you the press conference. Sean Payton introduced. You'll hear it here right on The Fan. Uh, a culture change is coming for the Denver Broncos. That is from Cecil Lammy. Lam- uh, Cecil was out on the, uh, the, the scouting circuit, shrine game, senior bowl. And he says that... Uh, the, the word around the NFL is what he's hearing from the people he talks to from the other teams home run higher and that the biggest thing you're going to get with the Broncos under Sean Payton is an overnight culture change mm-hmm. So you've you've said this before and Sean Payton comes from the Bill Parcells coaching tree yes and you've said that Bill Parcells told you that yes. his idea when he took over a new whether it was in New England, or the Jets. Right. Or Dallas. Right. Strip it down to the studs. He said his exact term was fire everybody and change the carpet. Maybe there's a reason that Ivero is now coaching at, I don't want him here. He's part of a bad culture. Is Champagne going to do that here? Will it be pretty obvious that he's coming in and stripping it all down to the studs? Yeah, I think most of the, I think from a coaching staff standpoint, absolutely. I don't think there's any question. And no holdovers. You'd be surprised if there was a holdover? I wouldn't be surprised if there was a holdover or two, but I think the majority of the coaching staff will be different. And I think that's a good thing, man. I think, like, I say this all the time, man. You don't want your players to be comfortable. You think a comfortable Russ Wilson is good? Or you want to be on edge a little bit? I want them all to be on I want itch. them all on itch, yeah. Every one of them on yeah. it a little bit, right? And I want there. I want there to be I want there to be a um, an accountability aspect to it. And I want there to be a little fear factor to it. And it's important. But is he one of those how does this guy convey that though? So this this culture change that cecil's writing about that people are predicting Uh well well, explain it to me what's it going to feel look like how's it going to be noticeable how's it gonna be noticeable to the the you know the muggles that are out there how are we how are we going to notice the differences because sean will look at you sometimes from that podium and he'll trickle down your leg a little bit like does he have that oh yeah he's does he have the the mike shannon yes yes that's what i'm talking about yes because I've gotten the Shanahan eye right. before. I told and you. And I have pee down my leg. I told, I told you that. Did you get that one, Fee? <laughs> yeah. I told you I got a, uh, well, I had a, a, a high-ranking official, whatever you want to call him, in, in the Saints organization. Sean left. He goes, we don't have the same fear factor we used to have here. Like, it's just, it's a little too loosey-goosey for really? me. Really? You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, our biggest problem, lack of. Like a fear. It was the exact term. Interesting. The lack of there's a lack I'm telling you, I'm a a firm believer. A firm believer. I think it's I think it's an important part of the organization. You gotta be on edge a little bit as a player. And it's more important even more importantly, as a coach assistant coach, you better have a little, you better be, there better be an occasion or two where you're walking on eggshells up there like I'm going to hide in my office. But he does it in a way that he's not a tyrant, right? No, 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 no. He generally cares about his players and coaches. He wants the best for them and he'll without, without question. But you better uphold your end of the bargain. 100%. And if you, if you don't, here's the big thing. If you don't there will be consequences. Hey man, you're making too many mental errors. Guess what? You can come stand over by me for a while until you can square that away. Hey man, you're dropping too many balls. Guess what? We're just not gonna throw it to you anymore. Hey man, you're not you know, you're not running a secondary route to create the spacing that is required so we can push the ball where we want to push the ball. Guess what you don't get to do anymore. Is he one of those publicly undressed people type people? Like if we're out there watching practice or folks are out there for for training camp, is that the way he he does it? Or is it more like, hey, why don't you come over here and and, and stand by me for a while? Is it more understated than the... I think he'll rip his coaches. I think that most of the player stuff is behind closed doors. But, uh... I've only been I've only been around him during one practice. And the pra- it was a great practice, tons of energy, tons of work getting done. Um but I don't really remember him ripping anybody in that particular practice, but it was a really like I said it was a sharp, well-run the timing of the practice. And it was This is not too many years ago and it was a t- training camp practice where there was there's some pressure. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like we're going back to the days of Gary Kubiak and Mike Shanahan, where you just knew who was in charge. And and that's why I'm yes. I'm so excited about this hire, is because for the first time really since Coops, I, I just get the sense that there's there's people in charge and you could watch Gary, you could watch Shanahan. And you you there wasn't all that histrionics and arm waving and stuff like that. mm mm-hmm. It was just done in a way where you knew when they weren't happy. Dude, you knew it and it put everybody, like you said, on edge. I've had I've had moments where we're in training camp and practice isn't going the way it's supposed to be going, you know? And Alex Gibbs would come up to me right before we go to the huddle and go, hey, you better tighten these dudes up right now. Like, like this is on you. Tighten them up. <laughs> So you know it would be my job to like get our offense together, like because he could tell the head man's getting furious, right? And we better pick this stuff up. So there there were there were times that we as an offense just were like, hey man, this this practice has not started well. And guess what? It wouldn't be a it wouldn't be beyond Mike to start the whole damn thing over again. And yeah. uh you know, let's run it from the top. Yeah, yeah. Cancel practice and start over again like that's the kind of stuff that like that was that, that, that those were real fears that you had as a player but you 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 understand it's going to have to come from Peyton because like when Fox was here mm. and they got Peyton Manning Peyton changed everything correct overnight and but Peyton was, but he was the one Peyton that was, was he was doing that for the offense though like Peyton would stop in the middle of a blitz pickup because somebody didn't run the right depth on a route. And he would just, I mean, he just lay a dude out. But didn't that filter down to the defense as well, though? Oh, yeah. So that everybody understood there's a new way of doing things around here. Right. But that came from Peyton Manning. Yeah, there's a... They don't have a player like that right now. Even Russ. Right. It's supposed to be, but he's just, that's... He's just not going to do it that way. So it's got to come from right. But the reason reason they don't have a player like that, Mike, is because the coaching staffs that have been here haven't held anybody accountable the way that needs to happen. There hasn't been that sense of fear. There hasn't been that, you know, hey, we didn't practice very well, but everybody take a 15-minute water break under Vic Fangio. Are you kidding me? And every, like every drill I mean, you got to protect each other I understand that but every drill and like I'm I'm trying to kick your ass and I want to win the drill we like we want to win the like and everybody the defense should have that attitude too the defense should want to win the drill but we want to I mean we that's how you want to win every one on one you Like, there's got to be that competition aspect that has been created by the head coach and carried out by the player. And you know how that competition gets, how it gets really good? When there's accountability. Hey, I understand physically you're going to get whipped every now and again. It's going to happen. Everybody's good. Everybody gets paid money. Everybody's a professional. But we better win. And you as a player better not be okay with it. When you lose, you get your ass kicked. You better not be like, "Huh, it's just part of the game." <laughs> Good rush, pull. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> You nearly, whoa, whoa. dude. That that, yeah, that wasn't fake either. By the that. way, you nearly that was as close as in seven years together. That's the closest you've ever come. I, I, because that <laughs> you you see it like. There's a difference between protecting each other and and winning. Mhm. Right? You got to protect each other. You can't take cheap shots. But dude, if I can bury, I'm going to bury you. And that's like that's championship football. And you know as well as I do. You haven't had that here. It just hasn't been part of the it hasn't been part of the structure of the organization. On the text line, uh, robmoslaw.com, text line 303-713-1043. Guys, all this rust bashing. Maybe just maybe Nathaniel Hackett was a terrible head coach. And when he doesn't have that amount of responsibility, he could actually be a better coach. I love how the media just has to make it one thing or the other. It can't be a collection of things. Can we move on from this ridiculous speculation and talk about real bleep? Um first and foremost, what does the film say? The film says that Russ was really bad. Now, I'll give you I'll give you the coach didn't hold him to a standard that he needed to hold him to. That's all on Hackett. But I'll also say, I don't believe the organization put the coach in a position to have the kind of authority that he needed to have. And that's why I'm really happy about Sean. Because you know what? The organization is no longer anybody but Sean. I understand the business aspect of it. I understand all that stuff. Like, you know, you got Greg Penner and you got other guys in charge of the business aspect and selling tickets and, you know, and creating community awareness and and all that. That's great. All that needs to be a part of the organization. And the Broncos do a as good a job, if not better job than anybody else in the National Football League when it comes to that stuff. That's great. Okay. Awesome. Guess what you guys don't know? You don't know football. So stay out of our business. Let the football people run football. Let those people do what they do best. And to do that, you have to have a guy that has that kind of authority. You know, for Russ, to to allow Russ to just do whatever Russ is going to do or to say, hey, we're going to change you into this and we're going to help you, be, baloney. We're here to win games, Russ. We're not here to, you know, we're not here to, hey, I want you to be a better player and I want you to grow and I want all the players to do that. But the bottom line is, like, if you're holding us back from winning, guess what? You're a problem. Does does Russ want that? Because I think that there's this narrative out there that Russ has just gotten in the way of everything mm. because of who he is and what he wants and what he can, can demand. Does he, especially coming off this year that he just had, does he want what Peyton brings? You know what, yes. You know what players want? And players are, are no different than your children. What are you children going to do if you don't lay down the law on this is how we operate as a family? This is what's required and respected or expected of you. And if you don't give it to me, there will be consequences. Players are no different than that. They'll test boundaries. What are the boundaries? If, if I can step over, well, wow, that I had nothing, no, there were no consequences. Let me see if I can push it a little further. Let me see if I can push it a little further. There is a standard that is set by your coaching staff and by the guys who are coaching your players. And there's a standard set by the organization. This is what we expect. And I believe that all players want to be coached hard. They want to be coached, and they want to be coached hard as long as they know that coaching and that hard coaching is making them better. Because if they're getting better, guess what? They're going to have opportunities to go to Pro Bowls. What does that mean? Pro Bowls, Super Bowls, all those things. If you're going to all those things and you're going to the playoffs, what does that mean? Playoff bonuses, roster bonuses, money, big contracts. Andrew Mason will join us now that uh, Igero Ivero is on his way to Carolina, who is the leader in the clubhouse to be the Broncos' defensive coordinator. We'll talk to Mace about all things as, again, 11 a.m., you'll hear the Sean Payton introductory press conference right here, on the fan, Mace joins us next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress. Relax in your tub or shower from Bath Fitter. Bath Fitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. You're going to need a bigger coach. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. What is this to your soul? You so big. Here's Shlareth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports.
1: Big, big,
0: huge. Andrew Mason, our senior Bronco writer at DenverSports.com, joins us now on the uh, Johnson Auto Plaza hotline, and you're getting ready to head down to Arizona as you will. Uh, be there for us and denversports.com throughout the course of the week. Before we get into the Broncos stuff, just quickly piggybacking on our, our conversation we're having. Is this a must-win Super Bowl for the Chiefs,
1: for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Hmm. That's a good question. I hadn't even, I hadn't thought about that, and I, I, I think it's maybe, I think it's probably more must-win for a, uh, for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and it just simply it's just simply kind of looking at the arc of of their careers and how long they're going to be there. I mean, uh, Mahomes uh, Mahomes might be settling in for a very long run, and even though his his numbers contractually uh, will continue to rise, he'll probably have uh, uh, plenty of chances. Uh, you know, I don't know the Andy Reed coaching the team three, four, five years from now. There are even some rumors that if they Win that he may uh, he, he may move on right now. So I think it, it's kind of a mixed answer there. I, I think it's probably more a must win for Andy Reid, especially going against his old team, the Eagles.
0: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think I mean I'm obviously hoping that they lose and they become the dynasty that never was. <laughs> may, Go Back to being September darlings. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of my that's kind of my thought process here. But you know, when I look at these two rosters, um, other than. You know, quarterback, which is, you know, an important position and probably tight end, um, even though I think Goddard is a really good tight end. I think, you know, roster for roster, player for player, position for position. Philadelphia is stronger at every position other than those two. What, what do you say when you look at these two teams and kind of break these two teams down?
1: I think that's that's spot on. I, I'd have to concur with you on that. I mean, there it's, it, and there, there are some other spotted really good players like, uh, you know, like Nick Bolton on the Chiefs roster as well. But, I mean, uh, what the Eagles have is kind of what, what, what you expect from a team that has a quarterback on his first contract and they're able to invest elsewhere. And that's why sometimes uh, we've seen it time and again the best window to get the, to, to get a title or two ends up being in that early first contract window for the quarterback. I mean, that's, that's basically how, uh, how it worked in Seattle. Well, when Russell Wilson was there and they, they won with the Legion of boom, uh, they made two super bowls and won one when Russ was on his first contract, when he started getting more money, then they didn't, they didn't go back. And it's just, it's, it's, it seems to be part of the equation for a lot of these quarterbacks as they develop that the best opportunity to win sometimes comes really early, just because you can invest because you can invest more in the rest of the roster, like the Eagles have.
0: Fancy with Andrew Mason, uh, Mace Igero Ivero on his way to Carolina, defensive coordinator for the Panthers. How much will the Broncos miss him?
1: Well, I think it depends on uh, the quality of uh, of who they hire. I mean, I, I I'm not sure that they will find a better defensive coordinator uh, than he was, I think they can find somebody as good. I mean, it, it, now I have more confidence in if, in that if it's Brian Flores because he's uh, done it before. In fact, the interesting thing on Flores is even though he doesn't come from out of the Vic Fangio school, the way that uh, uh, Sean Desai, who's uh, co- who's on the Seahawks staff, but worked for Fangio in Chicago for a number of years, he hasn't come from out of the Fangio school, but arguably the best job that, uh, Flores ever did uh, was uh, leading up to the Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams of uh, back four years ago when uh, he and Bill Belichick effectively just mimicked uh, what Vic Fangio had done uh, with the Bear, with the Bears and shutting down the Rams earlier that season. They just went ahead and did the same thing uh, in the Super Bowl and it flummoxed uh, the Jared Goff and the uh, and the Sean McVay offense. So I think conceptually, no matter if, if they hire one of these two coaches, you're going to see a lot of things carry over and I think ultimately be successful. It's just, I I know that Brian Flores can generally run a defense. We haven't seen it out of Sean Desai yet if, if, if the Broncos do go in, in that direction. But uh, I think the other thing that the Broncos lose here with Everett, of course, is if he'd stayed on and uh, been there another year uh, and then moved on to be a head coach, the Broncos would have gotten two comp picks at the end of the third round, one each in back-to-back years. Now that's out of play for Carolina to get that. Uh, he's going to have to be on the staff two years because of the way the, the rules work regarding uh, regarding the NFL's diversity diversity plan and diversity incentive. Is that if you you have to be on a staff for two years uh, and then become a head coach for a team to get those comp picks back if, if you depart? So uh, we'll see how that works in Carolina. But I think it's actually I think per personnel wise. It's a really good move for for Carolina. I think uh, someone like Jeremy Chin, in particular, at safety, is going to really uh, is going to really take his game to the next level working under Everett.
0: Uh here we are, just a little over two hours before Sean Payton takes the podium as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. What what I know you'll be listening intently. What do you want to hear from Sean Payton moving forward to uh, move this this organization to where it needs to be?
1: Well, you, you want to hear about the, the plan for Russell Wilson. I'm not sure he's going to offer a lot of specifics, but you want to hear about that. I'd like to hear about uh, staff uh, composition. We've been talking a lot about defensive coordinator, but you know, there was that report uh, back in late December from uh, Adam of ESPN about Peyton wanting to put together something of an all-star staff. Okay, so uh, what are the coaches you're looking at to fill out, uh, to fill out this, this staff here? It's funny, when we talk about all-star staff, that's where some, with all respect to, to decide, uh, Brian Flores probably would fit that uh, fit that description uh, much more if they go in his direction. And also, he's, he's even referred to the culture in some of the statements uh, that, that he put out uh, in the last few days uh, through the Broncos. I want to know, what does changing the culture entail? And just kind of what are his first impressions as he started to kind of study the Broncos and uh, and what what does he feel beyond quarterback uh, needs to be fi- needs to be fixed here in the coming months to get this team where it needs to be? Those are the things I want to hear from. May's last one for me as we uh, get
0: you set to head off to uh, Phoenix for the Super Bowl week. Does, should it matter? Does it matter that Sean Payton may or may not have been the the number one choice of this this ownership group? Maybe even was the third choice. Should that matter? Uh,
1: it really shouldn't. I mean. it because the thing is, we're so used to these things kind of uh, playing at the way they play out that sometimes we don't know, okay, first choice, second choice. Because uh, they every, every, they'll say, okay, we got our guy in any, in any coach hiring situation. This played out a little differently in that we were able to kind of discern uh, that he wasn't necessarily the first choice. But the old cliche is doesn't matter if you're the first choice as long as you're, as long as you're the, the last choice, the final choice. Of it, I think uh, he's, you know, he's uh, he's comfortable with it. If he wasn't comfortable with it, he wouldn't have taken the job. So uh, it's one of those things where it's an interesting talking point right now. But the farther we get from this moment, the less and less it's going to matter.
0: All right, Mace. Safe travels, and look forward to uh, talking with you throughout the course of the week. And of course, reading all your stuff at denversports.com. So, uh, travel safe, my friend. Thanks. Take care, fellas. Andrew Mason, our senior Bronco writer at denversports.com, joining us on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. It's funny you, you, you hear all this talk about, well, he wasn't their first choice. Uh John Elway had zeroed in on Vance Joseph well before the hiring process even began. He had Vance labeled. Vance was his guy to the point where he did a perfunctory interview with one Kyle Shanahan because he was that locked in on Vance Joseph. How does getting your first choice all the time work out? How'd that work out? Hmm. You know who else wasn't the first choice of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Mike Tomlin. But Mike Tomlin came in on an eight-hour interview and blew management out of the water. And they completely changed. How's that worked out for Pittsburgh? Yeah, if and again I say if because it's right. not it's not definitive that uh, he, he was not their first choice. But if Champagne was not their first choice, you know what? I just put that as down as a rookie mistake made by this ownership group. They made a rookie mistake. If that's the case, if they if they did not have him targeted as their first choice, that's on them. Yeah, that's a rookie mistake on them that fortunately did not prove to be a fatal mistake. Right. It turned out to be a. It turned out to be beneficial because they got the guy that they should have gotten all along and he's going to be introduced to all of us coming up here in a couple hours and i uh i know how things work with with press conferences around here even the most jaded of people hear that introductory press conference and they're like huh okay i'm on board or i'm really excited so i'm i'm fascinated to watch the reaction even of the naysayers out there or the ones that really weren't big into the idea of Sean Payton because I have a feeling that when that press conference is all done everyone's going to be pretty excited about the idea up next I do want to get into as a Nugget fan are you upset that the Nuggets have decided to follow the herd that's next Denver Sports Station 104.3 the band presents Schlereth and Evans Our program director saw Top Gun, Maverick, for the first time over the weekend. It's all exciting. I know. Like, welcome to the party, man. Right. That movie was so much better than uh, Yosemite. (laughs) He made me watch that. I was like, fuck. Batman. Batman 2 coming out. Oh, Batman. We can't wait to be there for the premiere. Oh, Batman 2. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) That thing hurt me. (laughs) That did yeah. Uh, yeah, there'll be a lot. There's going to be a lot. They're gonna have to. They're gonna already have to start saving for the the rain budget. Yeah, I'm bringing. If, if we go to that, I'm gonna wear a rain slicker and bring an umbrella. <laughs> Just residual rain. Yeah, coming off the screen. There's sure. going to be so much of it. Uh, the Nuggets have followed the herd. They've decided to join the wave of load management and did it again yesterday. Sent uh, or didn't even didn't even send on the trip. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, yeah, sent them home. They, they didn't even home. get sent home. They no. never went on the trip. No, they didn't go on the trip. Kavarius Caldwell Pope, Aaron Gordon, four starters stayed home. Back to back in Minnesota. Play Minnesota tomorrow at home. Uh, you like it? No, I don't. I I don't. I don't like it. Understand it. I get it, but I don't like it. Doesn't mean I have to like it. And you know, uh, frankly, I mean, NBA. Could you be any softer? Like you ought to be. You ought to be sponsored by Charmin. Because NHL hockey players are playing back-to-back nights. They're they're going on the road. They're like they don't have the load management issue. Oh boy! I mean, they're gonna play. Avalanche have eight more back-to-backs the rest of the way. The Nuggets four. The NBA needs to do something about it. The players should be like the the players legitimately should be embarrassed for themselves. Do the players just not want to work? Is, is that what it comes down to? What's cause what in their mind, what's their rationale for hard, this? It's hard, Mike. It's hard. I'm tired. It's really hard. You guys should feel sorry for me. I'm making forty million dollars. I'm gonna sit down on the bench and make a million two. Tonight, not playing. But what if the player says, "Do you want me fresh for the playoffs? This will, this will help me stay fresh for the playoffs." I get it, and I understand why they do it. And now that everybody's doing it, then I guess it's it's okay. But your product suffers ultimately. Like if your players aren't tough enough to to, then you maybe you shorten the season and take some of that money away that you give them. Or maybe it's one of those. If you're going to go load management. Maybe you say, okay, every game you have a load management game, then and you should list it as load management. And every time you load management, one eighty second of your salary goes to charity. Or if you're gonna list it as an injury, then the next the next the following game you have to set up that one too. But there's gotta be some consequences to to the, the action. Of the NBA. Yeah, I heard it suggesting, well, this was just bad scheduling on the part of the NBA. Yeah, that, that, you know, what do you expect the Nuggets to do? It's bad scheduling. Well, wait a minute, hold on. They've been doing back to backs and four games and five nights and seven games and 11 nights forever. James Merrillat brought up a great point. In the year that the Bulls went 72 and 10, Michael Jordan played in all 82, 82 games, games and they had 17 back to backs that year. So I remember watching Michael Jordan in the playoffs, and boy, he seemed fresh to me. Yeah, uh, I I I don't want to sound like get off my lawn guy, but right. in this case, <laughs> in this case, I, it, it was better back in the day. These guys but, were pros; right. they played, they they took it seriously. It was a source of uh, pride for them, a right. source of professionalism. And I wonder what has happened to that. Let me ask you this: Do you think Michael Jordan would have looked? That fresh had had the teams that he faced in the playoffs all been load managing load managing their players all season long. Like it, it, there's a there's an attrition that goes through the mm-hmm. course of a season if everybody's playing, where you don't necessarily have the same spring or the same bounce or whatever. But if everybody's on that, you know, we used to say it all the time when a guy would come back, he'd come off of IR after eight weeks on IR. And we always be like if he had one leg, in, like a leg injury, like it's his, his right ankle. We got a fresh leg. Mm-hmm. The guy's got a fresh leg. I mean, he's ready to roll. Um, and you can see the difference. You can see the movement skill difference in practice. Like this guy's flying around. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, dude, you got to calm down. But that said, I mean, something. I think something legitimately has to be done. Because, but look at it this way: if the Nuggets have four back to backs the rest of the way, so let's say. Their starters don't play in any one of those four games, mm-hmm. and the team that they play in the playoffs in the first round, they also have four back-to-backs, and their guys played in the back-to-backs. Right? Are you really gaining that much of an advantage? I, the fan in me says no. That you're mm-hmm. talking about four extra nights of basketball over the next three months. Is, is really gonna make that big of a difference when it comes to the the playoff series I don't buy that especially when nobody you don't play back-to-back nights uh you're, you're you play the first two games in a city you go the next two games are back at home you're you're in that city you're back at home for at least you know four days three four days I I just I don't see how it it gains you so much of an advantage that it's worth the damage that's done just on the product during the regular season and the message that you're sending to fans. Hey, come on and spend big money to come see our best players, and then our best players aren't there. they got to do something about it. It's a bad look. Well, but if they're, again, we say this all the time with owners, right? They're their own, their own worst enemy because you agree to it, you let it happen, you reward it, and it only tarnishes your product. It tarnishes your product to the point where you know you, you lose advertising money. You can't get the you can't get the guaranteed rating. Um, I mean, come on! If you, if you're sitting around and you're in Minnesota and you're like, oh man, I can't wait to watch. Uh, you know, I, I can't. I love I love the Timberwolves, and I can't wait to see the Nuggets. We'll get a test on the best team in the West and see how we stack up against the mm-hmm. best team in the West. And then all of a sudden, nobody from the Nuggets plays. Are you yeah. gonna, are you going to stay tuned into that game? But what do you just... do though? What do you do? Because the players will come back. The players' union will say, "Well, wait a minute. You're, you're going to now tell us that the guy that we sat out isn't hurt." Now, now you're going to start telling us what an injury or a, a yeah. non-injury is. Well, this is this is my this is my theory. If you're going to list a guy with a hamstring, hey. As a league, we're really concerned for these players. So if you're going to sit out one game on a back-to-back, you're going to have to sit out the next game too just to make sure we give them that extra time to heal. Because then the strategy of it becomes then you schedule back-to-back, the back-to-back games that don't matter and 2 days later you schedule a game that really matters and you say, "Okay, now what?" But that- that, but you now you have to have you have because <laughs> that, what I would do is this. I would do this. I would say, okay, I would hit the players. I would hit them where it matters most, money. So here's what I would do. Okay, you've decided that you're not going to bring four starters to Minnesota. So here's what we have to do. We have to give a refund to the t- ticket buyers for that Minnesota game because mm-hmm. they did not see a representative NBA product. we got to give them a refund. And so, anytime we have to offer a refund, that money comes out of the players' contracts, mm-hmm. the players' haul, if right. you will. So this way, okay, if you got, if you guys want to prevent and get rest right. and load management, fine, but it is going to cost you. Yeah, but then it, it comes, has to. Then they come out and say, well, you can't. You can't. we for being hurt, and we're legitimately hurt. And so that, that I mean, that's the counter that goes on there. Then it's your argument, okay, if you're going to miss a game, Nikola Jokic with a hamstring. Right. That's what, what you know, you missed the Minnesota game because of a hamstring. You've got to sit out at least one more game. One more game. Yeah. And then you get to the point where you're like, okay, we're going to play back-to-back nights, but we need to play this game, you know, three nights later. That's a big conference matchup, right? Then you go, well, then you're going to have to sit out both of the like you're gonna have to sit up both of the back-to-back nights, and then you sit that you sit there as an, an NBA organization. Go, hey, I, I understood we we can lose one, but we can't lose both of these games. We start losing back-to-back games. We start losing two nights in a row, and guess what? All of a sudden, it really changes your seating. Like all of a, all of a sudden, you're. Now all of a sudden you're you're not four games ahead in your division, but you're two games ahead in your division. Like I think the I think that stuff. I don't know. They need to do something. Mike. Tech says I hate how old timers call the new age soft. Hate to break it to you, old timers, but sports are far more of a business these days than in the eighties and nineties. And the reason why NBA players get load management days and the NHL players don't is because the NBA is worth five times more than the NHL. Higher revenue, higher value, higher consequences come playoffs. So what you're saying is the business of the NBA only matters come playoff time, Texture. That's what you're saying. And that during the course of 82 games, it's not really a business. So the ticket holder who spends a lot of money, maybe it's a one game that they're going to go to a year, they don't see the top players. You just got to understand as a ticket buyer. Hey, man, it's the business. Right. These guys are too valuable. We got to protect them for the playoffs. That's your business model, Dexter. That that that's yeah. good business. That's. Why I'd love I, to get your response to that. That's good business. That's why the Pro Bowl, which is a which is a flag league or flag football game, is going to outrate games in the NBA Finals. Dude, that's a that's. Hey, if that's your business model, I mean it's a sucky business model, but go for it. And it is soft, and you know it, and I know it, and the fact that you know you're you're too you're too soft to admit it that that's that's a you thing, a me thing. We're done. Get ready. Two hours from now, we'll have the Sean Payton press conference for you. Can't wait to hear it, react to it. You'll have a chance to. Uh, you're going to go over there and 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 say hello, right? You're going over there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Go over there, over say hello, now. and get your uh, I'm ready impressions tomorrow when we get back together with you at six a.m. But the Players Club coming your way next. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit BathFitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits.